This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye 103.8. Here's Ray Addison. Yes, hello everybody and welcome to Motor Mania. I'm back. Yes, coming up this morning, journalist Damien Reed will be revealing how new car technology is helping to prevent children from being locked in hot vehicles. A serious subject, of course. The Money Doctor will be here to reveal her advice on how to get the best deal for your car insurance. You can also text your questions for the doctor. All that plus, a new scientific study has confirmed that regularly opening your car windows for 10 seconds could cut the build-up of COVID-19 particles by 97%. Now, that has inspired today's Instagram poll. Has COVID-19 put you off car sharing? That's the question we're asking. Head over to our page at Dubai i 1038 fm and click on our story to vote. And, of course, I'll keep you up to date with the results throughout the show. Time now, though, for this. Fix it. Or flip it. Yes, time for an hour with motoring expert Matthew Davidson. Matthew, of course, is Motor Mania's valuation guru. He can tell you how much your car is worth right now and if it's time to think about selling it. And all you need to do is give him details of the make, model, year and mileage of your car. Now, you can send all of that in. You can use the ARN Play app for free, free of charge. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing? Welcome back, Ray. Thank you, sir. How, how are you? Yeah, it's been a while. The the, uh, <laughs> the anticipation is building. I know, I know. Everybody feels the same way, Matt. Everybody feels the same way across the whole of the UAE. It's been it's been uh, highly anticipated. Uh, have you had a good couple of weeks while I've been away? Yeah, yeah. It's been a lot of fun in the motor industry. Mm. And, and last night was the reveal of the new Lamborghini Countach, mm, which, yeah. um, if, if you're if you're old enough, is probably, in my opinion, anyway, the most iconic. Uh, car of the 70s and 80s so many movies that that car was in even recently in the wolf of wall street that's the car yeah. the white lamborghini that he trashes mm-hmm. um yeah they're, they're bringing out um a new version of it and i'm happy to say it's uh it's a v12 and uh even a hybrid so i'll probably leave Damien to tell you more about that, but that's pretty huge for the industry. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to chat um, a little bit later on with Damien Reed about that in our car news segment. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's great to be back. Great to um, have you here. The reason, of course, you are here uh, right at the top of the show is because we like to do fix it or flip it. This is the chance for our listeners who are thinking about maybe uh, moving on in terms of their vehicles and, and upgrading or downgrading or just having to let it go for whatever other reason uh, to find out how how much their car is worth right now. Uh, the way to do that, you call us on 04871 Um, You know, this is a first-come, first-served basis. You know, we're not going to hear the story and think, mm, I think we'll put that third. No, at the moment, we've got uh, eight, eight slots available. Uh, Matt, I wanted to ask you about our poll this morning. We're asking people on Instagram about um, the effects of COVID-19 and whether it's put people off car sharing. What would your view be on this? Um, I have two kind of thoughts on this. Mm. I mean, my personal view is, look, I follow what the DHA says. Uh, I feel quite comfortable in a car if I'm taking an Uber or Kareem with a Mm. mask on. Um, So, you know, and I I think these guys do a really good job. It always seems to be clean and sanitized. So I'm personally okay with it. But what I have seen from an industry perspective is at the very lower end of the market, I've seen a shift of people not using public transport and actually 
looking to get into a car more for the actual solace of being able to get in that car on your own, not wear a mask. Yeah. Because obviously you don't need to if you're in the car on your own. So I think there's 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 people that have actually shifted to to cars that maybe would have continued to to use public transport if if there wasn't a pandemic. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it is it is you know some, something that I definitely think about um, as I get into vehicles with with more than one person. At the moment, of course, the, the limit for a private vehicle or if you're riding in a taxi across the country is is three people. Um, but you know there there you know if you're ever in a vehicle with somebody outside of your bubble, if I can use that term, outside of your immediate family, people that you live with, it, you know, it does just cross your mind that, OK, we're all a little bit closer than we would normally be if we were maybe in a social setting or, or, or outside. Um, and it does just it sort of occur to you there is an increased risk of this. Yeah, and, and I must make a point that during this entire pandemic, it's been you know a handful of times I've used you know, ride sharing uh, options. I mean, most of the time it is either me in the car on my own or members of my immediate family. Yeah. So, yeah, in my, I, I'm, I'm interested in the poll because there'll be people that don't have that setup that actually have to use ride sharing regularly yes. or have to even uh, do um, carpools where people actually move from Emirates to Emirates in, in small little uh, buses or, or, or cars. So, yeah, they may have a different take on it. Absolutely. Um, good news for people who are thinking about um, selling their car, upgrading, downgrading, is that used car prices are going up. That's what you're finding at Algo Driven. Yeah, at Algo Driven, our, our main core part of our business is actually providing pricing for the market, for dealers, for banks, for insurance companies. Mm. And, and it's a headache for me personally at the moment because used car prices are rising uh, year on year. We've seen a lot of makes and models actually increase in value. And this is this is kind of formed by a perfect storm of of slow uh, new car sales from 2015 all the way through till uh, 2021. So they haven't been feeding the used car market. Mm -hmm. You've got the situation where um, people have not been traveling, so they've got actually some disposable income. Yep. That, so if they can't travel, they may be thinking, I'll, I'll feel better, I'll upgrade my car. <laughs> and on the, new, on the new car front, there actually isn't the supply today that, that the new car guys would hope for because of things like chips chip shortages, which you, you've probably seen yeah. in, in the news, the semiconductor problem. Um, so they can't get the cars out fast enough and and obviously, moving cargo and, and things around the world are slower than it normally would be. So it's kind of created this perfect storm where, where used car values, because of lack of inventory, have actually started to go up. Yeah. Uh, OK, well, um, maybe you can sort of give us a tip on some of the most popular models then for used cars at the moment. What, what are people sort of going for? Well, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's kind of you, you needed to have bought a couple of years ago. But things like the the popular cars, like at the lower end, things like Nissan Sunnies, we've uh -huh. seen them increase dramatically in value. Uh, Jeep Wranglers, if if you have a Jeep Wrangler at the moment, you're probably making money on it. You know, if it's if it's a 2016, 17, 18, they're they're selling for considerably more than they were a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. um, on the higher end, Porsche 911s, it's just oh, yeah. crazy. Uh, all the all the dealers that I'm speaking to, they can't get enough inventory, uh, and the prices have have gone up quite considerably the last couple of years. Well, the reason you're here is to give live car valuations. Uh, Gihan will be our second caller after Jawad. Good morning, Jawad. 
Good morning. Good morning, sir. What would you like to ask Matthew? Uh, I I have a Chevrolet uh, Trailblazer, mm-hmm. a 2017 model. Mm-hmm. The kilometer on it is uh, 122,000. It is uh, an LT model. Okay. And are you thinking it's to time, to, to, time to let to it go? Yeah? It, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's a Trailblazer 2017, 122,000, Matthew. Morning, morning. Um, nice Good car, morning. like a mid to large size SUV. Um, in, in terms of kilometers, they're creeping up there um, for sure, but the value wise, around 60,000, 60. Um, but the, uh, the kilometers will hurt you a little bit. What do you think of that then, Joanne? Yeah, five years, 122. It's not much, I think. Anyway, but the, the problem, you know, that I'm uh, thinking of changing it to an upgraded model of the Chevrolet Trailblazer, but I think it's not available anymore, right? There is Blazer yeah. now or something. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's the option. Um, sorry, that's the problem. But you've got a lot of options in the market at the moment. If you're looking at that sort of mid to larger size um, SUV, um, you know, Nissan have got their new uh, Xterra out, which is a, a probably comparable car for the Trailblazer. If you were looking to go new, I'd probably advise something like that or, or Toyota Fortuna, which would be another equivalent car that's worth looking at. Hope that helps you, Jawad. Uh, Gihan is on the line now. Good morning, Gihan. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Yeah, very well. Great to have you with us this morning. What would you like to ask? Yes, I have one Honda City 2015 model, full option, uh, kilometers by 197,700. Mm. Thinking of giving it away, so how much can I quote? Okay, so we've got a, a Honda City 2015, big mileage, yes. just just under 198,000, Matthew. Yes, yes. Yeah, morning, morning. You worried me when you said you were going to give it away, so we're not <laughs> going to do that. Um, but yeah, the kilometers, of course, they're high, but it's the type of car that people will, will run around in. I would imagine that would go for about 17,000, 18,000 with those kilometers. Um, but I still think you'll sell it because it's that entry-level car that that people can get enough money to get their hands on very quickly. Mm. And you've got a second car as well, Gihan, haven't you? Yes, yes. I have one uh, Jeep uh, Grand Cherokee, mm-hmm. 2015 model, 158,000 kilometers. So 2015 was a big year for you. You bought you bought two cars. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and time to let them both go. So what uh, what can you get for that one then, Matthew? Uh, what trim is it, Gihan? What level is uh, it? Is uh, it a li- limited? It's a limited, yes. Oh, okay. With those kilometers, that car's around sixty-five thousand, uh, and it will sell. It will sell relatively quickly because that's one of the most popular cars, the the Jeep Grand Cherokee. Um, so I think get that get that out on the market around sixty-five thousand. You should do very well. Thanks to our first couple of callers. Uh, your call could be next after the breaks. Fix it or flip it with Matthew Davidson from Gal Algo Driven. Uh, It's very simple. Give us all the details. Matthew will tell you whether you should let that car go or hold on to it for a bit longer. He'll tell you the valuation, but he needs that information from you. Fix it 
or flip it. Yeah, Matty Davidson is here from Algo Driven, giving you his expert advice on whether to fix or flip your cars. Fariha and Patrick coming up in a moment. Plus, it could be you after that because there's nobody else on the line. Also talking about car insurance a little bit later on. We've got the money doctor on, uh, Amberine Musa from sukalmal.com. If you'd like to get involved in that conversation, it's going to be telling us some of the, the tips and tricks to get the best car insurance. If you've got any uh, questions for her. Uh, let's go to our next caller now, though, Matthew, and it is Patrick on line number two. Good morning, Patrick. Morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, very well. You're the BMW guy. I am one of those guys. Exactly. <laughs> You've got two BMs, and you would like yeah. to uh, you would like to ask Matthew for evaluation. Take it away. Um, yeah, yeah. So here it is, Matthew. Thing is, I bought an e- M5 E39 a while ago, and then I got a good deal on an M5 E60 from a fellow friend. Both of them are high mileage, but meticulously maintained. So the M5 E39 is like 270,000 kilometers. The other one is around 220. And the question is, do you believe, um, is it the right time to sell one of them or to hold down on them and they will keep appreciating in value? What do you think, Matt? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the two cars, first of all. I mean, for, for me, the the V10, the E60 is by far the better uh, car to hold long term. Um, I, I speak to a lot of friends uh, that are, are really uh, BMW aficionados, and they all say the same thing. The, that V10 engine is an absolute screamer, and it's one of the one of the best. Um, I, I would hold that car if I was going to sell one of the two. I would definitely hold uh, the E60. Um, What's your thoughts on on the difference between the V8 and the V10? Because for me, that's 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 it. It's game over. But what what do you feel about the two engines? Well, they're both incredible cars to drive. Except the four years apart, they're completely different cars. I would say one of them is manual. You have the V8 with a bit more of torque, and the other one, like yeah. you said, is a screamer on the high RPM. So that's the dilemma. If I were to sell one of them, which one? <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe it sounds like you you can't part with them because you've got you've got the best of both worlds. Um, do you have to sell? Do you have to sell one of them? Is that is that the situation? Well, thing is, I need to make space uh, for one of them. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, I, I well, you know, you can only make that decision. But if I had both of those cars, I'd still sell um, the E39. To be honest. Okay, and what do you think is the proper value for them nowadays? It's so difficult because you just won't find any for sale on the market. Um, I say this time and time again for cars like this. It's it's one of those cars where you need to set what you're happy with the price and then put that out on the market and see how people react because you just won't get you won't get a huge amount of um, uh, benefit from searching around to seeing what others are for sale because i doubt there will be any for sale on the market i mean if if i was selling the e39 i'd probably start it out there around fifty thousand, just because i would want to see how people react to that price um whether people think that's ridiculous or not i I would put it out there at 50 and then just see what people start serious people start offering for it yeah yeah all right fair enough thank you guys thank you for your time Hope that helps. Thank you so much, Patrick. Let's go to line number three, uh, Fariha. Good morning. Morning, Ray. Hi, Matthew. How um, you doing? You all right? I'm all right. What about you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks very much for calling. Uh, what would you like to ask, Matt? 
Um, I have a Lexus RX 350. Mm-hmm. Um, it's completed 130k. I'm thinking of um, selling or changing. Mm-hmm. So how much would I get for it? I got a note here that it's it's black. Sorry. It's black. It's a black car. Yeah, it's a black car. And good condition. Hello. Hello, we've got you. I'll, t- I'll lower your line because we'll, we'll get the advice from Matthew. But it's 130k. It's a Lexus RX350, and it's a black car. Matthew, uh, she didn't mention the year. Oh but yeah, I'm what year guessing, is it? Uh, 2017. 2017. There we go. <laughs> go on, Matthew. Okay, um, kilometers are getting up there for a 2017. That car would probably sell for around 135. 140 at a push mm-hmm. um, simply because it's got a little bit higher kilometers that's of it's uh, obviously a GCC car that uh, came out the uh, showroom here um, but yeah I would put that out there 135 140 how does that sound to you then Faria that sounds more than what I expected I uh, thought it'd be like about 100 or 95 oh really thank you okay yeah, yeah as as we said at the top of the show, these the, this the used car market at the moment has to has defying logic. Um, yeah, I'd I'd have a look out there at uh, similar GCC cars, and you'll see that they're they'll be selling around that mark for sure. So, Matthew, actually, can I ask you? Thank you very much, Furiha. Appreciate your calling, Matthew. Can I ask you about that then? At the moment, is that is that increase also applying to these? kind of um, we will gladly buy your car at any time dot com type websites or is uh, have they lowered you know are they the same sort of prices that you would expect well they won't like me saying this but they're Mm. having a field day because the people that don't do any homework that go in there they're giving them a price which sounds pretty good um, and they're making a a killing so Mm. look anybody selling your car to anyone please just do some basic research go on to the main websites the main uh, portals that are selling cars and look at what they're selling for in the market. So at least you have a broad understanding. Another thing you can do is if you're looking to buy an, a new car, go and see the uh, the dealership and see what they offer as a trade-in because it's near enough a science that they're about 20 to 25% below what uh, you would sell it for yourself. So then you can, so, just, look, you can, you can work it out from there. You can do the maths. Yeah, you, you, mm. you know, I, I think it's crazy to go in blind. Um, I've seen it myself. You know, I've been on the ground here for so long, and I've, I've seen people walk in and think their car's worth 50, and I'm saying, your car's worth 70. Yeah. Uh, and they go, I would have been happy to take 50. And this is exactly the type of person I'm talk, talking about. Do a bit of homework because you would be surprised, especially in today's market. I like it. Uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, let's go to line number one. Uh, Mushtak. Good morning, Mushtak. Yes, good morning, Ray. How are you? Very, very well. Thank you for calling, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, how can we help you today? Yeah, I'm just looking uh, to think to sell my Mercedes C300. Mm-hmm. It is black. Yep. 2014 yep. and 107,000 kilometers. Okay, Mercedes E300, uh, 20, what year did you say, sorry, Mushtaq? 20, 2014. 2014, 107,000 black car. Matthew? Okay. Uh, is it a coupe or sedan? It's a sedan. Okay. Uh, nice kilometers. I, I would say that car would be around 70K. Maybe even uh, I would start it off at 75, um, but but you should you should definitely get 70k if you sell that car on the market right now. What do you think of okay. that? Okay, and 
right that 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 sound what what i was expecting anyway but i was also uh, thinking to buy a brand new car but this time probably go for a honda accord is that a right decision or no to sell this one and buy a brand new accord well if you can get a, a brand new accord yeah because the uh, it's it's difficult at the moment um but if you can get a good deal on an accord it's it's not a bad time to look at new cars because of the appreciation in the used car market i actually predict that over the next couple of years you'll actually see a big recovery in new cars simply because of the upward pressure on used car prices i like japanese in general i like nissan toyota uh honda so uh, and the honda accord has a has a great residual value when you come to resell it so i think that sounds like quite a good move okay all right thank thank you very much thanks thank for calling much. much i appreciate it uh not everybody when they when they call up uh is able to actually have the time to to speak live to matthew uh so you can actually if you want to call us zero four eight seven one double five double zero. you can leave a, a quick message that's what grant did a little bit earlier let's hear what his question is matthew i was wondering how much my car is worth i drive a uh, 2016 kia soul i think it's 1.6 liter engine i just got in a car accident actually it's very minor but i mean after a little bit of a cosmetic work we're gonna get it buffed and everything it should be looking pretty uh, brand new again mileage is about i think it's somewhere around 120,000 kilometers okay kia soul 120 something thousand kilometers what do you say matthew it's 2016 wasn't it yes yeah, I like I like the honesty and I must double down on it. When you're selling a car, the best thing to to be is transparent because people are likely to find out about these things if they do a vehicle inspection. And if you if you're very transparent from the beginning, you'd be surprised how things don't actually affect people. Mm. Um, this car, if it's the two liter uh, with those type of kilometers around thirty five thousand, if it's the one point six, because they do two types of engine, do a GLS one point six. That's more leaning towards maybe 30k, 31. Do you think that that transparency? Do you, do you think most of us are slightly distrusting a little bit normally when we when we're you know we're buying a used car and we feel that maybe there might be a problem that hasn't been disclosed to us? So if somebody does appear that they're being sort of open and honest and telling you about things that you wouldn't necessarily have spotted just from looking at it, you sort of feel okay. I'd rather go with the the one that I trust rather than the one that yeah, sounds mean- great, but who knows. Yeah, we, we know this to be a fact because mm. at Algo Driven, we have a, a car inspection business called Axel Inspect, which we talked about a few weeks back. And, and, and people uh, are, are buying car inspections ahead of uh, the final purchase because they're suspicious about maybe some chassis damage or repainting. But let me paint it in a different picture for you. If I was selling my car to you and you mm. arrived and I said, right, let me just walk you around the outside of the car. I had that front of Uh, front bumper painted because i had a little bit of a fender bender um i had that door repainted because there was a scratch there was a little tear tear in the seat that i fixed Uh, and then we go through a normal process of me showing you and test driving the car how trusting is that straight out the gate Mm. i've I've walked you through the the little bit of a history i've been very transparent with you i think you'd want to still deal with me but if i said to you no this car is perfect just get in and drive and then you saw a couple of things that didn't quite look right then you're going to want to either do a deeper dive or walk away from that car i'm sure of it
That's what we love, uh, Matthew. Advice like that. Thank you so much. Uh, we've got Matthew with us for another thirty minutes. Uh, you lucky people. Uh, we've got uh, Edgar uh, Abdullah. I see Fariha up here again. Maybe she's got another car. We'll find out after this. We're back in the driver's seat. This is Motormania with Ray Addison on Dubai I one hundred three point eight. Fix it or flip it. Zero four eight seven one. Help if I turn the mic up, wouldn't it? Matthew Davidson is here from Algo Driven, and Abdullah is on line number five. Good morning, Abdullah. Hi. Good morning. Yeah, Sorry to keep you waiting, sir. What would you like to ask Matthew? Well, I have uh, two cars. Uh, let's start with the first one. Mm-hmm. The first is the uh, Range Rover HS uh, two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just about one hundred thirty five k. Wondering what, what, whether I sell it at what time. Yeah. You're thinking of letting it go. What sort of condition is it in at the moment? Well, it's still in very good condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she did uh, the last uh, deal or maintenance was done in December. Of course, I've done one more outside mm-hmm. after that. But uh, she's still in very, very good conditions. Excellent. Matthew? Uh, so the, the Range Rover... HSE with those kilometers, I would say around 185, 190. Uh, if, of course, if it's a GCC car, um, the uh, the thing with these cars at the moment is they're such a beautiful looking car. I mean, you know, they, you still have presence in those cars, and people now that maybe couldn't afford one a few years ago, they're now at that price range sub 200 that people can jump in. Um, so, yeah, 185, um, 180 worst case scenario for that one. And your next car is a Mercedes, Abdullah. Correct, correct. The other one is uh, the E300 white sedan, and uh, it's uh, 2017. Very low mileage, uh, I would say around uh, close to 50k. 50,000 kilometers, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah earlier, earlier on in the drive. show, we had an E300, but it was the 14 model. This is the newer shape, 17, so the price is, is quite a bit different. This one would be about 150,000 dirhams. That's what I would put that out on the market for. So what are, what are you thinking of doing, Abdullah? Are you thinking it's, it's time to sell, or are you just after valuations at the moment? No, I think it's time to sell. I mean, the Range Rover, uh, I think the new uh, model, they told me that it's coming in the 21, mm. early 2022. So maybe it's time to get rid of this one and just wait and see what the next one will be. Nice. Well, I hope the E300, that... uh, I think it's small now for the wife and the kids. So Right. Okay. I think they need a bigger size, yes. Okay. Well, I hope that helps. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, let's go to Edgar now on line number two. Good morning, Edgar. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Matthew. How are you? Yeah, good. How, where, where are you off to? I can hear you driving. Hands-free, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah you're not supposed to hear me driving because I'm in an electric car, but sometimes <laughs> you can. So. Uh, the myths. I thought I'd get away with it. I actually thought I'd get away with it. Mate. No but chance. That is hands-free. It no. is hands-free. You're rumbled. No you're rumbled, mate. Uh, <laughs> are, you, are you off somewhere nice or just uh, just driving around? Uh, unfortunately not. I've got some urgent work to do. Ah. Uh, Tomorrow, so I'm heading to the office. Unfortunately. Oh goodness I me! Wish, I, I wish I was. I mean, it's supposed to be a day off, but um, unfortunately not. Can I ask? Are you car sharing, or is it just you? No, it's just me. It's just and, you. Yeah, I don't think there's supposed to be too many people working on the Saturday, so it's no. just me. No. Okay. Well, let, let's get to the I, reason I, you called. I, I, I am green. I'm, a, I'm in an electric car, like I said. So oh, maybe nice. that. 
Very, very nice. Very nice. Uh, okay, so what, what did you call up for? What would you like to ask Matt? Right, so I've got a, I've got, um, I've got a 911 Turbo S 2014 um, white uh, full carbon um, interior, uh, red interior with carbon, carbon fiber, and about 80,000 kilometers on it, full service history from Porsche. Um, it's out of the warranty. Um, I could probably pay to get it back into the warranty, but I haven't done that. Um, so it was under warranty, but it's not under warranty anymore. Um, uh, yeah, I think that it's got um, the full ceramic brakes as well. Um, so I think that's, if there's anything else you need to know, that's about it. Matthew. I just want to, yeah, Matthew, if you can help us with that. Yeah, morning, Edgar. Um, we talked about at the top of the show how desirable 911s are at the moment, and, and you've got one of them, the Turbo S, certainly uh, at the top of the tree. Look, it's a seven-year-old car, but it's still worth 350,000 dirhams. Um, I think you'd sell that relatively quickly if you put it on the market for 350. You raise a good point about warranties. Porsche will extend the warranty of a 911 or most of their range, actually, up to the 10th year, so somebody can buy that. Um, put a three-year-old warranty on that car. So, yeah, it's worth 350. And as I say, they're very desirable at the moment. So, if you if you want to cash out, it's a good time to do it. Matthew, is it, is it three? Is, sorry, Ed, uh, sorry, Edgar. Just give two seconds. Is it um? Is it three? Would it normally be 350, or is it 350 because of the situation now? Um, I would say if you went back to 2019, and in fact, obviously, let's forget that that would be two years younger. But if it w- if it was back then, um, I would say it w- it's at least 15 to 20 percent more than mm. it would have been back then. But it, uh, I oh, wow. I could have seen that car selling for about 300k actually then, okay. um, because you remember versus the new car price, it's it's still retaining a huge amount of value. You know, more than more than 50 percent, and it's seven years and 80,000 kilometers. Mm. So, um, yeah, it is good. I- I'd take the 350 right now. I'd be very happy with that. <laughs> Edgar, what are you thinking? Would, would, yeah, I'm just thinking a bit, um, would it be worth putting the warranty back on there? Would that make, would I, would I get, would I get extra value in putting the warranty back in? Or it would cost me about probably, about, for one year, it would cost me about eight to 9,000. For about three years, about 16,000, 17,000. Uh, in any in any normal market, I would actually say yes, uh, do that. But actually, um, to be honest with you, uh, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference in your ability to sell it. Look, put it put it without the warranty, and if that becomes a sticking point with a buyer, maybe you can negotiate that. But they'll be the beneficiary of the warranty, so maybe just contribute towards it. Um, that's a better uh, uh, approach to selling that car. You know, be open to adding a warranty, but no, don't necessarily add it. Edgar, don't right, work too right. hard, okay? Yeah, tell me about it. Mate. Promise, yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right. Uh, really uh, no worries. Thanks very much for calling, uh, Matthew. We had a, a follow-up question from uh, Fariha, um, who obviously was on the line a little bit earlier on. She said, um, "Could you tell her what is advisable, trading in with Lexus or selling on the open market?" I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I mean, she's going to make 20 to 25 percent more. Um, but, but look, very easy. Uh, look on the open market. You know, we've already given an evaluation anyway, but look on look on the open market yourself as well, just to, to, to prove that we know what we're saying as well. Mm. And then uh, go and see what they say. And and my, my rule of thumb is if their price comes within 
uh, 5% of, of what you can get out on the open market, trade it in every single time. But if it's, if it's 10% and above, why would you throw away money? I mean, you know, you, in her case, it would be what, 60, uh, so, so 6,000 if it was 10% even. Oh, yeah. Look, no chance. Um, every time sell it privately, but, but do your homework. Go and see at least what they're going to offer you. Hope that helps you, uh, Fariha. Uh, Matthew, I noticed a, a trend a little bit as well. Maybe maybe it's just something I sort of spotted with a few of the last callers. Um, quite high mileage for quite uh, young cars. Do you think that, you know, we're all out there, we're just having to... Uh, and that's sort of despite all the lockdowns and the, you know, sort of uh, people working from homes and things like that. Has that sort of surprised you? Uh, it has. I mean, a theory that that you could have is that we're we're we've not gone away, so we're doing more of those Fajero Rasalkema staycations, yeah. which would explain. But you know, that would only be a few trips. It wouldn't have a a massive effect. Mm. My my actual theory is a bit different. That you know, rents and property prices have risen over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and and that that's maybe pushed people to live a little bit further out. So yeah. maybe you know, you look at Mira and Town Square. If you move out there and get a good deal on a villa or an apartment, you're looking at a 50, 60 kilometer commute each day round trip. Yeah. So that that might also be one of the reasons. I tried to convince my missus to let us do a rack to Dubai daily commute, but she wasn't up for it. Uh, let's go to line number one, George. Good morning, George. Hi, morning. How you doing? You're right. All well, all well. Thank you so much. Oh, How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing tickety-boo. All the better for having you on the line. Uh, you are a Mitsubishi owner, George. What would you like to know? Uh, that's right. I've got a Mitsubishi 3.5 2010 model, uh, top of the line. I picked it up in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, drove it straight off the showroom. Now, it, now I'm thinking of uh, flipping it, uh, so just wanted to get an approximate number on how much would it cost. Or does, does that make sense to keep it with me any longer? Okay, I'm going to have to ask you to be a little bit quick on this one, Matthew, if you don't mind. Sorry. Uh, okay, but I didn't get a model. He just said Mitsubishi 3.5. Oh, it's a, it's a Pajero. Uh, it's a Pajero. Uh, it's a Pajero with those kilometres, 25,000, 26,000. Straight in there. <laughs> Straight in there. Yeah. Didn't have to be that quick. <laughs> well, I just, I just know these cars better than any. I keep telling you that the biggest selling car in the UAE, if I don't know this, I'm not very good at my job, for sure. Uh, does, that, does that help, George? Or would you like a very quick uh, follow-up question? Uh, no, absolutely. And I was uh, thinking about going in for a Wrangler uh, four-door. Oh. How does that sound? The Unlimited. The Unlimited Wrangler. Yeah, you, they're, that's, they're, that's... they're pricey at the moment. Um, but uh, good choice, for sure. Uh, right. When I ask you to be quick, you are very, very quick. Thank you very much, Matthew. Thank you, George. Hope that helps. Uh, we will be back in just a minute. This is really your very last chance. Uh, if you want to get a valuation from Matthew, uh, he's only with us for another 15 minutes. Then we're going to be doing speed quotes. And we know that takes up a few minutes of the show. Eight to be on that. This is Motormania with Ray Addison. On Dubai Fix I 103.8. Or flip it. I'm a little bit... Um, uh, off my best this morning. Let's all be honest about that. Pressing buttons at the wrong time and stuff. But there you go. That's what happens when you go away for a couple of weeks and you come back and you're a bit you're a bit rusty. But ne- never mind. That's all right, isn't it, Matthew? Nobody's nobody's perfect. That's a good show. I think we're doing a good job. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I'm pressing things at the wrong time. Uh, let's uh, let's get through as many of these callers as we can. Uh, I like honesty. There's two people waiting. There's two people waiting right now. Uh, probably got time for three, max four. 
Okay, so if you do want to get involved, uh, Sid will be after Amjad. Good morning, Amjad. Hi. Good morning. You're right. I'm good. This is my first ever call in last 15 years to a radio, and uh, it's unbelievable. It's okay, <laughs> even though I'm making all these mistakes. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's I'm doing all right. Thanks, Amjad. Well, I like that. I like the fact. Did you call somebody 15 years ago? Another show? No. No. I'm saying I'm here in Dubai in yeah. the last 15 years, and this is the first time I'm on the radio. Oh my goodness! And you've been yeah. you've been you've been driven to to, to call us. I appreciate that. Uh, what would you like <laughs> no, to ask? I, it was it was my luck. The mm. moment the the anchor said. Spoke the telephone number. That's I me. was at a signal. I just had time to dial it. <laughs> I'm the I was anchor. The first one to dial yeah. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with you, Amjad, but I appreciate you calling in. Thank you very much. Uh, go on then. Uh, take it away. Okay. So, uh, can I ask? Mm, please do. Okay. I have Mercedes E280. Mm-hmm. It's a very old model, but well, perfectly maintained. Uh, I, I keep it mechanically perfect, never accident, nothing. Mm-hmm. But recently, 189,000 kilometers, its engine gave way, the timing belt and stuff. So it's not advisable to you know redo the engine. But I went to Sharjah and I found a brilliant, brand new 41,000 kilometer driven, same engine uh, of Mercedes 280 along with the gearbox, mm-hmm. 6,500, complete. Okay. And I am intending to replace it. But... Uh, it's it, well. It's not a wise decision because if you value the car now, it is just ten or eleven, and now with engine gone, it is worthless. Okay. So whether <laughs> shall I put in additional eight thousand in it or or not? I love this, and, it, and I'm not sure if you said it's a 2008 Mercedes uh, E280. Yes. Matthew, this 80. is an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Um, and I know this car and I know the answer to your question. Um, I don't think it's worth as little as you think if you put the new engine in uh, and it's everything else is cosmetically OK, considering the age. I would put the value more around 16, 17,000 for 2008 E280 with a with yeah. replacement engine. Uh, scrap the scrap value of that car with a broken engine is probably fifteen hundred. So the maths tell me uh, take the deal, fit the engine, keep the car, or resell it. Either way, you win. Do you like that, yeah, Amjad? Yeah, I want to. I want to take because I have changed intake manifold. I have changed the entire suspension. I have changed the coolant cooling system, rear axle. So I have spent around twenty thousand on it in the last two years, and mm-hmm. I don't want to that go waste. And this new engine is only 41,000 kilometers down, almost spec, brand new. Yeah. So I well, just want to make it, sure it not so only. easy to answer the question then. Yeah. I mean, considering you've thrown all that money, that was my first part of the answer. You know, is everything else yes. okay on the yes. car? If you're swapping yes. out suspension and everything, yeah, this is get yes. that engine fitted and you've got a lovely looking car to drive around in. Amjad, I hope that helps. Thank you so much. Uh, Let's go to Sid on line number eight. Good morning, Sid. Good morning, guys. How are you doing today? Some of us are doing better than others. But uh, what would you like to ask, Matt? I have a car, Matt, which is a Volvo XC90. And uh, it's done 100,000 kilometers. It's a T5 Momentum 2016 model. And I got an offer from Trading Enterprises for 72,000 dirhams, and I thought that was pretty low, so I just want to understand 
what would be the market value on this car and am I getting a good deal to trade it in with a newer T6 Volvo XC90. Okay, 2016, 100,000 Volvo XC90, Matthew. Yeah, these are are seven-seat cars, uh, and I'm sure Volvo uh, would like that car for pre-owned stock, um, or they might have uh, one of their dealer networks that would certainly probably chase after that car. Out on the open market, I think that car is, is closer to 100K, so I don't think you're getting a good deal for the the trade-in if i was selling it myself i would put that car out there at maybe ninety nine thousand on the market see how people respond to that price and go from there but i think 72 you're you're correct it's it's a low value mm. okay how does that sound to you then sid yeah I'll, I'll, I'll put it out and check out so yeah let's see how it goes but thanks for the input much appreciated well, I hope that helps. Uh, thank you very much to all of our callers. Uh, I've got a few text messages here. Uh, we can go through quickly as well, Matthew, because we've got a few minutes. Oh, God, well, about a minute and a half. Do we need to do speed quote? Uh, David messaged in. He says he's got a 2015 Nissan Patrol SE with factory leather option. Uh, it's white in excellent condition, 45,000 kilometres, fix or flip low kilometers for a 15 mm. um if it's the v8 115,000 that will still fetch on the market um and and everybody will be snapping that up with those low kilometers so yeah don't put it out on the market for much less than 115 zara messaged uh, says hi ray i've got a black ford edge sel AWD 2013 with black leather seats, 164,000 on the clock. Uh, one single user, uh, single not uh, relationship-wise, I think, just uh, driving it. Uh, serviced by Ford uh, from new with six months left on the servicing package. How much should I expect to sell it for? Uh, SEL's a nice trim. As you said, leather, um, sunroof, navigation, all the, all the toys, Um even though it's an eight-year-old car, maybe about 27000 28000 I'd put that out on the market for. Okay. Uh, last one I think let's have here before we do speed quote. Uh, Suvash has messaged in. Suvash has a Ford Focus 2017, 88000 on the clock. It's a hatchback. Uh, Suvash is the second owner um, and actually bought it four months ago from Alpha Tame Auto Mall. Uh, excellent condition. How much? I don't know why he's thinking about uh, selling it now, but uh, would like to know how much uh, he can get for it. Different car, mm. but um, same family of Ford, but similar price, actually. I would say around 26000 for that car with 88,000 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it may have a reason for selling it, but if he's just bought it recently, it'd be worth hanging on to it for now. Okay, uh, that's that's our last uh, message there. Thanks to everyone who called and uh, texted in as well. Time now for speed quote, eight to beat. Uh, are you ready? Yes, I, and I, I've been a mildly abused from my wife for, for, for not uh for not beating the the, the current score of eight so i'm going to go for this this is uh, it's good not it's not abuse it's support uh with a loud yeah, okay. tone okay uh eight <laughs> to beat eight to beat let's go uh starting in three two one ford explorer 2014 105,000 kilometers uh 40k jeep Dr- uh, grand cherokee 2015 158,000 uh, if it's a limited, like earlier, 65k. Kia Picanto, 2011, 170k. Uh, not much, 16k. Volvo S40, 2009, 105k. 
Similar 15k. Lexus ES350 2008 183k. Will still fetch 20k. Hyundai Kona SEL 2020 25k. Uh, that's a new car. Uh, they're about 70k for that kilometers. Ford Fiesta 2010 98k. Uh, not a lot of money. 12k. Pajero 5 door 2012 118k. Easy 34 35. Honda Civic 2006 260k. Not much, 8, 9k. Oh, he's done it, he's done it, he's done it! Yes! That was 9. Oh, that, they were good, yeah? They were, yeah. They were nice cards. That's it, but it's, it's because you've got to credit your wife. That was definitely, she's motivated you there. And, and, and it got the desired effect. And, and so all credit must go to her. She's out shopping at the moment because I always... Boot her out the house when it's radio time. But when she comes back, yeah, I'll be gloating. No, she'll I'll be, be she'll, gloating for she'll sure. be wandering around listening to the show with the headphones in, I'm sure. Well done, Matthew. Thank you so much. Amazing. <laughs> Welcome back, Ray. Do you know what, though? It's going to be difficult because it's going to be um, nine to beat, isn't it? Next time yeah, it's going to be nine I, to beat. I'm going to tell you now that the the... There is an, the, the elusive 10, but that's going to be I know, right? really difficult, yes. really difficult. Uh, before I let you go, just very quickly, um, I've got one last message here. Um, I have a Nissan Maxima mid-option, 2017, 190,000 kilometres, uh, just slightly over, hoping to get a second-hand Wrangler. Do you suggest I check the dealers or online sellers? Well, uh, getting the Wrangler is going to be hard because they're and the dealers obviously buying them cheaper and putting their margin on as well. Uh, So you're going to really struggle with that Wrangler before you part ways with the Maxima. I'd look at can you even get a Wrangler? Mm. Um, And and soon once the weather cools down, no chance. Uh, The Maxima with those kilometers, it depends on the trim, but I would imagine around 55,000. But the Wrangler, the Wrangler is going to be tough. So uh, focus on that first. Uh, you'll move the maxima quite quick on the market. Uh, busy week coming up, Matthew? Yeah, we've got uh, a lot going on. We we do we have a product to Algo Driven called Eval Expert, and that mm. basically uh, prices all trade-ins for dealers. And, and all the dealers are just contacting us at the moment to get this because they with the prices all over the place, they really need accurate pricing. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah we're, we're all hands to the pumps. Well, thank you so much for giving us uh, some of your time this weekend. I really appreciate it. And we'll chat to you in a couple of weeks' time. Take care. Cheers, Matt. Well, uh, that, was, that, was, that was busy. Uh, thank you to all our callers, all our texters as well. Uh, lots more still to come. The Money Doctor's going to be here to give you some advice on uh, how to get the best deal for your car insurance. If you want to ask her a question, 04871 Also, journalist Damien Reed going through all the latest car news. This is Motor Mania with Ray Addison. Now shut up and drive. On Dubai I 103.8. Hello, yes, you're listening to Motor Mania, your chance to talk cars and, of course, keep up to date with all of the latest motoring news as well. Must fix that sting. Uh, still to come on today's show, the Money Doctor will be here to reveal her advice on how to get the best deal for your car insurance. And, of course, you can text your questions for the doc Plus, a new scientific study has confirmed that regularly opening your car windows for 10 seconds can cut the build-up of COVID-19 particles by up to 97% 
in your car. And of course, that's inspired today's Instagram poll. Has COVID-19 put you off of car sharing? You can head over to our page at Dubai Eye 1038 FM. Click the little Dubai Eye logo in the circle and then you can vote yes or no. Um, I'll keep you up to date with the results throughout the show. Uh, Time now, though, for some car news with Damien Reid. Good morning, Damien. Good morning, Ray. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Loving the summer, so it's, uh, things are not too bad. <laughs> yeah, good, good. It's great to have you uh, back on the show as well. Um, I wanted to start by talking to you about the, the poll that we're running, the um, COVID-19, and as it, whether it's put people off car sharing. At the moment on Instagram, uh, 67% of uh, people are saying that it actually, it actually has put them off uh, car sharing. Yeah, you know, I'm actually not surprised. Um, and, and I'll use my own case in point as, as an example. Mm. I, I don't have uh, a daily driver that I use. I, you know, I'm fortunate I can borrow cars off companies when I need to. But otherwise, mm. I uh, I get around in taxis and Ubers and, and, and Kareem and, and ride sharing. Mm. Now, when this broke out last year, um, I took the decision to, to, to not do that and to rent a car. So I, I, I had a, a car rental that I kept for about uh, 11 months last year yeah. for those times when I needed it um, because I wasn't comfortable ride-sharing at the time. Now, this year is different. It's changed because everyone's back. Now, the, among the first people who were vaccinated were, you know, taxi drivers and bus drivers yes. and, 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 and the, and the, the ride-sharing drivers, um, the car-sharing drivers. So, you know, I feel more comfortable with it now, and I've gone back to that now. But definitely at the peak of it last year, yeah, I didn't, mm. uh, I didn't uh, car share at all. So the, the rule at the moment is three people uh, within a private car or, a, you know, a, a hire car, a taxi or, or whatever it might be. So, I mean, have you sort of found yourself in a car with, with you know, two other people at the same time? And, or you know, or have you tried to avoid that kind of situation? Yeah, no, I've avoided that. I'm, I'm yeah. still rather, I'd just rather be the driver and myself yes. uh, in, in that regard. So I'm still a bit cautious about that. I'm, mm. I'm not comfortable still. I don't know whether it's something that's, that's, that's now, now become part of our psyche, but, um, you know, we've we become used to having space around us now and, mm. uh, and even in malls and things like that. So I do like a bit of space around me. I'm still not quite at that stage where I could uh, share a taxi with someone who I don't know yet yeah. at this stage. Uh the reason we're talking about this, it comes from this survey. It's been done, a, it's not a survey, it's a, it's a scientific study, and it was carried out by um, Swansea University in the UK. And they found that the difference in air pressure between the inside and the outside of a moving vehicle created a, a draft, a through draft, uh, which sucked out the virus. Um, although they noted that if you're driving below uh, 48 kilometres per hour, uh, you should open all four windows and then that would be uh, most beneficial. Although if you're on a faster uh, road, I think a lot of people will be driving a bit faster than that, um, opening two windows on a diagonal, um, I guess, the, the, you know, the passenger, side passenger front and, and back passenger um, could create an even bigger impact. I mean, what, what do you think of this? It kind of, it's one of those things where you kind of go, well, that's just common sense, isn't it? <laughs> but but also, there's a, there is a science to this. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a bit common sense. Yeah, um, it goes back to the to, to the days for those who was old enough to remember cars without air conditioning, yeah. where you know you you would pop the window and uh, yeah, at speed, yeah, you when you drop the driver's window, what I've found is I usually 
drop the window immediately behind me because it also breaks up the cabin pressure. If you remember, mm. you know, when you put the window down at high speed, you, it feels like your ears are going to blast out with yeah. the with with the the, the the cabin pressure. So that releases the pressure, but. Yeah, it does create a flow through, and and also with a lot of new cars now, they have a uh, they have a, a very fine particulate filter in the air conditioning mm-hmm. that's designed to keep you know uh, pollen and 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 dust out from coming in. So that also has the reverse effect as well. It doesn't let stuff back out. So it makes a lot of sense with these new cars that if you can, obviously when the temperature is nicer, to um to drive with the windows down you know it, it will impact your fuel consumption just marginally mm-hmm. because you, you, you're, you're breaking that slippery uh surface over the car that that makes the car more efficient but it's uh it's it's, it's such a marginal figure it's not even worth you know worrying about but i think for sure once the once the weather's fine put the windows down as if you had a convertible you would, you would drop the roof or yeah. open the sunroof as well that's another one you know you can uh, if you do, if you have a coupe with where the back windows are, are fixed and you have a sunroof, you can also release the air pressure through the sunroof. So you you drop the side window, drop your driver's window, and open the sunroof, and that creates uh, the same type of cyclical effect with the air as well. So that's another one that um, that people can do as well. I'm not sure if the boffins at Swansea thought about the sunroof, maybe because it's in the UK. <laughs> Actually, in, well, specifically in Wales, maybe they didn't even factor that one in. I don't know. Yeah, Sun and Swansea, I'm not sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's move on to another story. You actually wrote this story up for The National, um, and it's welcome news, especially for parents. It's all about how new car technology is helping to prevent children from being locked in hot vehicles. Yeah, I, I, when I came across this one, I was so happy that uh, that I found... Uh, I found it firstly, it was initially a press release from Ford about the Middle East saying that they're introducing this uh, rear seat alert that's coming first on the F-150 pickup truck and will come through other models. So I, did, I dug a little further and found out that it's um, obviously it's a big issue here with our heat, but it's, a, it's an issue globally. And, and the United States are actually now mandating it. It was, took a couple of years to get through Congress. They started it in 2019 and it got through earlier this year. Um, uh, the the Hot Car Act, as they're calling it, mm. that means that every new car from 2025 onwards in the United States, which is effectively everyone in the world, will um, will have to have a uh, a reoccupant detection system mm-hmm. that that alerts you if you've left a, a child or a, or a pet in the back of the car and you've locked the car and walked away. I wow. think you know we're we're losing far too many lives um, through negligence through stress through through whatever you like to put it on mm. um by by people being locked in cars yeah some of the some of the stats um in dubai alone there were 182 cases of children found unattended in hot cars that was roughly over a, a two-year period ending in june um in the first five months of this year alone dubai police responded to 95 distress calls and it is a distress call isn't it involving children and of those uh, 36 had been stuck in cars um and of course as you say it's not just you know it's not just a uae problem it's a worldwide problem um in the u.s it's been reported that um 14 children have died across the united States so far this year after being left in hot vehicles and of course it, you know it's, it's it's called vehicular heat stroke it's it's deadly and it's fast it's it's very fast Ray. that's that's the thing it can happen within 10 minutes mm. uh, within within 10 minutes the, the the car's temperature rises by uh, by nearly 20 degrees so when we're talking about a hot day where it can touch the high 40s, even low 50s, we're talking the, obviously then the, the high 60s, low 70s. Now, you know, anything over 
48, 49 degrees is is technically it's cooking. So um, uh, you know that's when when talking about you know uh, fluids and things like that. So um, it's it's a major major issue, and there's no. I mean, we we, we walk and we walk around and we we stay out in, indoors in in you know those high forties, but we have air going around us, and we're usually going from air-conditioned venue to air-conditioned venue, but when you're in the car with no circular, circulating air, the windows are up, the glass is having a, a radiating effect. Yes. Especially also with a car with a dark paint as well, like the black or dark blues, mm. that also also acts as a radiator as well inside, and within 10 minutes, um, it can be absolutely tragic consequences. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a major, major issue. See, I have to look at this uh, with, with my sort of parents' head on. Um, I just cannot imagine ever knowingly leaving um, my child in a car, uh, certainly one that didn't have um, AC. Well, firstly, let me clarify that. I would never leave a young child in a car unattended. Um, my son's 14, you know, I could imagine leaving him in the car while I, you know, popped to, to pay for the petrol or something like that. Um, with all the AC on, the window down, he knows how to open the doors. You know what I mean? That sort of situation. Yeah. But but not an infant. You know, I, I just can't see accidents, mis- accidents, mistakes, tragedies. Of course, they happen. Um, but for somebody to knowingly leave a child in, in the car is just I can't get my head around that at all. I, I, I'm the same, and, I, and I'm funny since since this story is published, I've been contacted by by a few people who have said that there is, you know, there is a, a, a stress um, issue as well with with, yep. with young parents, and sometimes mm-hmm. they they get stressed, and, and, and I, I have to accept that. But there, there are issues. But likewise, I personally, I can't see how you could do that myself. But mm-hmm. uh, but for instance, you know, that's why there is issues with. For instance, you know, Ford has the the alarm on the the, the, the alert on the dash, yeah. but uh, Hyundai has come out with a fantastic uh, system that takes it one step further. That's just been released on the new Genesis SUV, and that is, um, it works out that if if the rear door has been opened and closed at the start of the journey, and then the car is switched off and locked, and the rear door has not been opened and closed, yes, it figures that there's someone in or there's something in the back. Mm. So then, what it does, it triggers a motion detector in the car inside the cabin and if it finds that there's something moving in the cabin it will immediately set the car alarm off in a short burst so it will flash the hazard lights it will hit the horn mm. to make you turn around and go back now if you've already left the car park and gone into the supermarket whatever else it will send you a text message yeah. to your phone to yeah. say hey um there's movement in your car you need to go back and i think that's uh, an amazing bit of technology mm. that that, um, that these guys are now just starting to roll out. Uh, well, if you, a dear listener, have a thought on this, let us know 4001. You can even call us on 04871 More news uh, with Damien in just a moment, including uh, his thoughts on the reveal of the $2.3 million Lamborghini Countach. Stay with us. You're back with Ray Addison on Motormania. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Looking at the latest motoring news with Damien Reed at Damien Reed on Instagram and other social media channels as well. Uh, Damien, let's talk about the uh, Lamborghini launch. Did I pronounce it right? Uh, Lamborghini Countach. Oh, yes. okay. It's, almost, almost. <laughs> but it's out a there. Much better attempt than many, many. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, so it's marking the car's fiftieth anniversary. Um, tell us all about it. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, 
it's to, to mark the 50th anniversary of uh, of the ultimate poster car for anyone who, who grew up in the in the 80s, 70s and 80s. Mm. Um, it's probably a little bit marketing over muscle, to be fair, because it is based on the outgoing Aventador. Uh, but it uh, it does include a bit of a hybridisation. So there's an extra 34 brake horsepower in there, 803 horsepower. It's designed on the beautiful Countach that was done by Marcello Gandini uh, when he was working for Bertoni. And the thing that I love about this one, Ray, is that they've kept the original style because the, the Countach changed and morphed over the years to suit various laws and various things. Mm-hmm. But they've kept the big rear wing off, which is controversial, I know, but Gandini's original design didn't have the rear wing. And in fact, the rear wing, the, the big boomerang-shaped rear wing that dominates the back of that car in the, in the uh, early 80s, yeah. was actually designed by, it was placed on by the guys when it, when it started in the Cannonball Run movie in 1980. Ah. And, and they decided to put the wing on the back to give it more presence. Yeah. And, uh, and it became an option that was then fitted because Lamborghini was then owned by Chrysler, an American company. And uh, they started selling Lamborghinis in America, which which pleased the American bosses. Um, so they kept it on, but uh, it was there for the movie. So I'm really, really glad that this homage has stayed to the original, and it's the original beautiful design that that stunned the world back in uh, back in the early 1970s when it was released. Now, luckily, it only costs 2.3 million dollars. Um, so I'll be snapping one up, obviously. Um, but but not many of us are going to be able to buy these because there's, there's a limited number of units. Yeah, and even if you did, you couldn't because they're only making 112 of them and they've all been sold, mm. uh, which, which is remarkable. Well, uh, but I guess that shows that the future collectability <laughs> of this car um, mm. for all 803 horsepower of it, they're all gone at $2.3 million. Wow, it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, wh- wh- why do you think, um, I mean, obviously it's the 50th anniversary, um, but, 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 but why now? I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of things Lamborghini could have, could have been doing in, t- in terms of, you know, uh, bringing out new models, new designs or celebrating uh, old models. Why the, the Countach? I think because it's just such a, it's a car that blew the world away when it was launched. It was mm. so radical in its design. Um, that there was nothing else around. It was first shown in the in the late 1960s as a concept, and it's something that still looks modern today. Mm. And there is a little bit of a history you know, precedence in this. Lamborghini did a, a homage to the, to the predecessor before that, the Mura, mm-hmm. um, as a one-off concept, and, and that was in 2006 at the uh, Los Angeles Motor Show. And they were going to launch that, but they decided to keep that as a, as a one-off, uh, uh, you know, pay, to pay respects to, to the Mura. So there's a there's a bit of precedence there that the next model, they should also do that. And for its 50th anniversary, why not? And I think they've also seen the market and realised that if it was launched 50 years ago, then um, their prime customer target audience are, the, uh, are around about that age yeah, where yeah. they became Lamborghini fans because they had these on their on their posters on their walls when they were kids growing up. And, and now they're in a fortunate position where they can buy new Lamborghini, Lamborghinis from the showroom. Millionaires. So... Um, <laughs> Exactly, and they've found 100, 112 kids who are living their dream. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, lucky people, lucky, lucky people. Uh, okay, let's move on to another story now. Um, now, actually, we were contacted recently by uh, Gargash Auto, and um, and they reached out to us to proudly announce that they had indeed hired their very first ever female service advisor. Um, and, um, our producer, Zena, spoke to uh, Ali Gargash earlier as managing director and board member at AJG Holding, who owns Gargash Auto. Um, and he rang up to uh, sort of comment on this. Let's hear from him now. 
I believe any business is strengthened by having qualified women working as part of its team, and particularly in our team at Clargash Auto Repair. Women's service advisors in garages of our type aren't that common, and I'm glad to welcome our new hire, and I look forward to making an impact with her in the market today. Now, Diane isn't the first service advisor in the sector by a long shot. There are others like her out there, but I feel there's definitely a self-imposed stereotype in the field. And with her joining us, I'm hoping that we show that as a business, we support the role of women like her joining private businesses and helping us all move forward. I mean, we, we've sort of covered uh, women increasingly having a more prominent role in, in, the, in the motor industry, which is fantastic. It, what do you think of this, um, this hire? Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And, and kudos to Gaga Shorter for, for doing this. Um, because it is, it, it, it is an intimidating environment, not just for women, but even for, for anyone who doesn't know or, or confident about their car. Because what they're doing, they're handing over the keys to someone whom they not do they don't know mm. um, to potentially extract a lot of money out of them for, for work that may or may not need to be done. So to have the, the reassurance, particularly for, you know, for, for women who aren't, who aren't familiar with their cars to go in there and to have someone that they can speak to um, that they can reassure them about uh, the service they're going in for. Mm. I think uh, anything that, that, that de-stresses the situation is great. Um, and that's primarily what this role is, as, a, as a, a, a customer service advisor is your first point of contact when you walk in the showroom or walk in the, the service area to say, there's something wrong with my car or I need something done, then to work out exactly what needs to be done. So, uh, Absolutely fantastic result by Gargash. I, I really, really applaud them. And, and you, do you think, have you sort of seen this uh, through your, you know, your journalism work and all the different areas of the motor industry that, that you kind of, uh, that work takes you to? Have you, have you just seen more and more women um, working across the entire sector in, in a variety of different roles? Yeah, very much so. It is moving up. You know, as, as we, we've, we've covered on the show before, we've interviewed the, the, the young female mechanic here in, in Dubai as well. Um, we're seeing it particularly when I've been covering sort of motor, motorsport and motor racing. A, a lot of women now um, are taking up engineering roles within the, within the motorsport sphere as well mm. um, and, and, and driving and doing all sorts of things. So, you know, that stigma that was around even as recently as 10 years ago was starting to dissipate. Uh, female um, salespeople on the on the floor in showrooms are bringing in you know very good sales numbers because again it's that it's that reassurance for female buyers when they're going into a into a showroom um, and also it's a calming influence for for, for for men who aren't sort of familiar with the the car buying process as well there's, there's a slightly less aggressive approach perhaps I think um, I'd trust a woman more actually if she was if if I went into a you know to to, yeah. to buy a car I I'm, I mean and again this is you know we fight we want to fight stereotypes the stereotypes which yeah. have prevented women from from getting those roles in the industry but but you know I would say that if I had um, a male or a female um, salesperson. I would probably trust the, 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 the female more. And, and again, that is a stereotype which is wrong, but that's just the sort of the way that I'm, I, my, I would be in sort of instinctively feeling. Yeah, and I think it just feels entirely natural to have a, uh, a showroom with, with, with a balanced, you know, balanced gender yeah. of, a, of, of men and women in there rather than walk into a, a workplace or a, or a place where you're going to spend your money just full of only men or something like that. So mm. I think just, just balancing that, it just makes it a more comfortable environment and, and yeah. you can speak to, you know, the choice of people to speak to. And the service area is even more male-dominated than, than the new car oh, sales yeah, area. Totally. So I think this is, a uh, again, a great, a fantastic initiative by Gargash. And, and as he said, 
yeah, there are others out there doing it as well. This is their first one, and I, and I think any car dealership who takes this on should be absolutely applauded. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, before we let you go, let's just find out what you're up to over the next seven days or so. Uh, at the moment, I'm driving a little electric um, MG SUV, okay. baby yeah. SUV. So I'm, I'm getting around in that at the moment. Um, and then uh, we've got a break in Formula One at just just now for mm-hmm. summer. Uh, and I should be driving a new Infiniti, maybe involving a, a bit of a flight somewhere. So oh. uh, the industry is getting back on track with um, with, with, with international uh, events again. So, yes, I'm looking forward to hopefully jumping on a plane soon. Yeah, and all the, you know, we've seen recently um, restrictions have started to ease in terms of, you know, amber, uh, red, green, and so on and so forth, in terms of which countries we can sort of go to and travel to uh, w- without quarantine and uh, and so on and so forth. Is that making life a little bit easier for you? Yeah, it is, because, you know, obviously, yeah, the, the, everything was put on hold. Um, mm. When you when you do these events, you're, you're really only in a particular country for a day and then you're out again. Mm. Um, and then quite often you're sharing a vehicle with, with another journalist, quite often whom you've never met before from yes. another country. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> yeah. um, or rubbing shoulders at, at, a, at a dinner table or something like that or a mm. press conference room. So, yes, you know, distancing is a big issue. And we haven't done anything like this for 17 months. So mm. uh, it's, it, it, the, the confidence is now coming back in the, in the travel industry with the airlines obviously are supporting opening up uh, regions as well, and Emirates has been a, a great leader in that. Um, and, and that's where I think that's driving a lot of, you know, the, this is a great example of how it spurs on other industries to start opening up as well and get things going. So, uh, yeah, hopefully this is the, the first of many more. We'll get back to life as normal. Uh, Damien, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we'll chat to you in a couple of weeks' time, we hope. Absolutely. I look forward to it, Ray. Thank you, sir. Uh, that was Damien Reed. You can follow him at Damien Reed, motoring journalist. Uh, after the break, we'll be chatting to the money doctor, Amberine Musa from sukalmal.com about car insurance do's and don'ts. Stay with us. You're back with Ray Addison on Motomania. Only on Dubai I 103.8. Yes, hello. Time now to share some secrets with you about your car insurance, courtesy of the money doctor. She is Amberine Musa. She's the founder of financial comparison website, sukalmal.com. Good morning. How are you doing, Doc? Good morning. Right? I've never been called Doc before, but I'll take it. I'm going to call you Doc. No, I won't. <laughs> call you every... How are you doing? I hope you're well. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, this is uh, this is an important topic. It's something that obviously it's kind of the boring side of owning a car. Um, it's far away from the fun side, but it, it's the bit that hits our wallet and, and it affects every single one of us. Um, and, and, you know, yes, I've found myself uh, sometimes... Um, scrupulously going through every single catch and clause of of the insurance policy and finding that, you know, that's not the right policy for me. And other times I've just gone, oh, auto renew, auto renew. So there's, there's, we need to find a balance here, don't we? Because there's a, there's a lot of areas that we could be caught out on uh, if we're not sort of um, uh, up to date with, with the key elements of our policies. Absolutely. I think um, you've said it right. I don't know a lot of people very excited by insurance as an industry, <laughs> as a business. It, it, it's very strange because often I even hear it's like, how do you get excited by what you do? Mm. Um, well, I, I get excited because I'm the one who tells people to be careful and, yeah. and I get excited because 
it really makes a difference to people's lives when you really know. And you, there is this whole concept lately that I've I've uh, I've heard a lot of. You know, I wish I knew. Well, yeah, you can if you go and educate yourself and read through and and on the money doc. There's a whole lot of information about it. Is um, you don't have to say I wish I knew anymore. Um, so 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 to come back to the insurance part, absolutely, there there are quite a few things that you need to be incredibly aware of. Um, when it comes to to choosing and picking up your insurance uh, insurance policy, so how is is there an issue? Let, let's start with with this. Is is there actually an issue in the terms of when we're getting a new policy or renewing our policy um, with actually getting the information from the person who's selling us that policy? Are there things that they don't want us to know? Look, absolutely. And I think in any industry where there's middlemen, um, it's important for the customer or for ourselves to know the right questions to ask, right? Mm. You don't know what you don't know. And the person on the other side, you have to always remember they have an agenda. Normally, a middleman works on commission model, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And in the insurance industry in the UAE, it's actually quite interesting because different insurance companies will pay different commissions to the different middlemen. So it's very important to know whether the, the middleman who you're talking to, whether it's a broker, whether it's an agent, wherever, whoever it is, are they giving you the right choice because it is the right choice for you? Or are they giving you the right choice because this particular policy gets them a lot more commission than another policy? Mm. So it is not one thing to be very well aware of. Commissions are not standard into the insurance industry here. So always do your own homework um, and do find out whether this particular middleman that you're speaking to has some sort of biased um into someone else. And, and one of the ways to know that uh, it's quite interesting, we did a bit of a, um, uh, a market research, uh, um, a mystery shopping with a few of them. And, and one oh, of the yeah. brokers we found always at all times only offered one option or wow. they offered an option, a couple of options, but we'll always push forward one insurance company. So you could see then the bias with that particular insurance company. So always have the right questions to ask. Mm. Well, I mean, obviously, if you if you go for a middleman there or a middlewoman, then that is obviously uh, they're collating all those options for you. You're highlighting that yeah. um, it's not always unbiased. Um, is there an unbi- is there any other way of getting unbiased information that doesn't actually involve us just uh, contacting individual car insurance companies one by one ourselves? I think, look, I, I am a big pro of go direct, go safe, mm. um, because one, you're talking to the person who's going to be underwriting your risk, meaning the person who's going to take your claim at some point. And I, I'm always a pro of let them sell you what they give, what, what they're giving you and, and the kind of policies they're giving you. And it's a lot more, um, there's a lot more corporate governance. All the calls are, are generally, um, uh, you've, got, you've got a certain level of corporate governance in the company, right? So there's a whole concept of mis-selling, they're regulated. Um, having said that, there are quite a few things you need to be aware of when you when you buy your car insurance policy. And I'll go through a couple of them, which are incredibly important, because at Sukalmal, what we found is we've seen and we've heard a whole lot of scams that's happening in the insurance market. Right. Now, let's just say you have three different options in front of you uh, from the same insurance company. You've gone through a middleman and you ask for options and one gives you insurance X for um, 100 dirhams insurance X from another broker, and 90 dirhams and insurance X from yet another broker because you're shopping around for 80 dirhams. Um, the only way uh, insurance policy can be different pricing among the different middlemen is if they are taking it out of their own commission and giving it to you as a discount, right? Mm-hmm. 
But that, that should be the only way. Unfortunately, there are other ways. One, um, broker number one would actually give you a cheaper price because they've actually changed the value of your car. Uh -oh. And because the premium is dependent on the percentage of the value of your car, without telling you, they will quickly change that value of car and give you a lower premium. Mm. And here you are sitting there going, oh, great, this is cheaper, so I'll go with broker one. When it comes to claiming and you have a total loss on your car, that's where the surprise comes. Yes. When you could be like, hang on a minute, I thought my car was valued at 70,000. Uh, no, madam, I'm sorry, but your policy says it is valued at 60,000. Mm. Right. So this is something to be very, very well aware of because we've seen a lot of cases that um, the middleman would not say it to the to the customer. And, and it's not something you ask. So always ask, look at the premium, look at the value when you're comparing the policies the value of the car needs to be the same across the board. God, you've really got to be, um, you've got to really be on top of it all, haven't you? In terms of you, you know, have, yeah. You you know what, Ray? This is exactly why the money doctor is there. Is is be aware and educate yourself. And I always, uh, if you're going to be dealing with, especially the financial services industry, you need to know the questions to ask, and mm. you need to know where the pitfalls can be. And the moment you know that, you approach it in a very different way, because you've got the confidence of I know what I need to look out for. And therefore, there won't be any scams. Do, um, we, do, do we have a right? Scam. Sorry, just quickly. Do we have a right as when we're speaking to these guys um, to to ask them if they are getting commission and, and which which companies are giving them the, the higher commissions? And do they have an obligation to answer us? Um, they don't have an obligation. They should, by principle and by oh. ethics, but highly likely. Um, the person who's selling it to you themselves, the salesperson on the ground, may not be 100% sure about that. They've just been asked by their company, you push this particular product. Right, okay. Or I will give you more commission as a salesperson on this particular product. Mm -hmm. So, um, But it's important to ask. I always say if you don't ask, you don't get. Absolutely. Um, so and I think by asking those controversial questions, I think you also put a stand to the middleman saying, I actually know what I'm talking about. Yes. I do know my facts and figures. And so there's less likely they'll try to get around it. This is not the person to mess with today. Yes. No. Uh, give, give, give us some more tips. I've been trained by the money doctor. Yeah, so right. <laughs> uh, what else should we look out for then? Um, one of the biggest scams we've seen in the last couple of years is cash payment. Um, mm. So, you know, there's a lot of those secondhand um, garages and secondhand places in the UAE you can buy a car. And often you'll see a lot of agents running around there. And the one thing that everybody needs to understand, many of those agents are not registered right. or they are not regulated. So it's always a good idea. Every single broker has a number if they're regulated by the insurance authority. So I, my urge would be to everyone only deal with regulated entities. Um, mm. If there's someone who tells you, hey, there's one of the areas we've seen a lot of customers coming to complain at Sukumale's. I bought my insurance policy. I paid in cash because this guy told me, oh, I can get it to you now. And the thing is, we're emotional when we buy a car. We just want to get it out now. We want yeah. the car and drive it out. That's right. And yeah. so insurance sometimes can take a, a few hours, can mm. take a day, depending on who you are. And you have these agents who come and tell you, you know what, I'll make it easy. Just pay me cash and I'll get your policy. These people would take credit from a broker or from a regulated entity and eventually never pass on your money to the insurance company. So what happens when you're paying mm. cash? You don't have record you've paid for the policy. And by law, if there is no record that your money has gone to the insurance company or the insurance broker, the insurance company is allowed to downgrade your policy to a third-party liability. And that huh. is a very common scam. And I've seen people cry in front of me because when it comes to an accident, they want to have a claim. 
guess what? The insurance policy is not going to cover them because they never got paid. Surely they, 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 so, they're never, they're never, if the money actually never goes to the insurance company, then they're never insured. The, so the the insurance policy was valid. Right. Um, it did come out because there's a concept of insurance companies giving credit to brokers and brokers giving credit to these agents. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you give credit, the policy runs, it's great. But at some point, if the the policy doesn't get paid, the insurance policy, the insurance company can downgrade it right. to yeah. a third party liability. Yeah. A fact that they don't have a, how do you say it? They, they don't have a, a proof of payment. So the yes. insurance authority will ask, or the central bank will ask the insurance company, can you show me proof of payment? They were like, well, we don't have one because the customer never paid us. So I urge everybody when you're buying a policy to normally the best thing to do is to get a payment link directly from the insurance company or from the broker, but the regulated entity. So the person running around the different garages, highly likely are non-regulated. And if you give cash to them and don't have any proof, there's nothing anyone can do for you. Nothing. Yes. Because you were dealing... Because there's also the concept of you have to take your own responsibility. If you want convenience, you want to walk out with a car now without thinking potentially that could be a scam, you have to take responsibility of this. You need to make sure that you're paying the right company, mm. uh, that you're paying the insurance company or the broker. Mm. And the policy comes from the insurance companies or the broker themselves. The reason I say this is because we've also seen insurance policy is all digital nowadays. Mm. It's not that hard to go and take a PDF and put a white box onto it and change numbers on it. Um, My we've goodness seen me. people do that. Wow. Uh, Amberine Musa is here, a.k.a. The Money Doctor, founder of SukalMal.com, financial comparison website. Uh, more tips on car insurance after this. You're back with Ray Addison on Motormania. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. And we're talking about car insurance with the money doctor, Amberine Musa from SukalMal.com, financial comparison website. Um, and right at the start when I was doing the intro to you, Amberine, I mentioned that I auto-renew. I'm guilty of auto-renewing. I know you're going to tell me that that is a bad thing. Why? Sorry, Amberine, your mic's thing. up now. Start, um, start again. Why is it a bad thing to auto-renew? Um, It's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it depends on the experience you've had with your your, um, insurance provider. If you've had great claim experience, which is pretty much why insurance companies are here, right? It is to play claims if something goes wrong. I think if you have great experience, um, you're happy with the pricing, I think auto-renew is okay because then you don't get into fines. You don't forget to renew your policy. There are good things about auto-renewing. Having said that, though, I always think it's a good idea to go out and look for options. Even if you want to auto-renew, maybe 45 days prior to the auto-renewal coming on board, I think it's probably not a bad idea to look at your options just because the market is consistently changing. Mm. We are going through a period in the UAE where insurance policies are all-time low. There is a huge competition in the market. There's a lot of insurance companies on board and everybody's trying to get as, as much market share as possible. So prices are extremely low at the moment. Um, so I think it is a good idea to potentially look at what other options. But when you do look at your other options before you auto-renew, just to make sure that when you auto-renew, you're doing the right thing, is to also look at the different aspect of the policy. A car which is less than three years old has the policy is different from an agency repair perspective to a car that is post three years old. So if you're auto-renewing from three years to four years, I would really look into what other policies are available for me. Because on year three, your um 
your insurance company will not provide you with agency repair anymore, which means if there is a problem with a car, um, they're not going to cover the cost of the agency repair, but mm. a different garage somewhere. So then you need to look at which policies give me the garages that I want my car to go to. So very, very important. Year three to year four, mm. do look into what options are, uh, are there in terms of garages. Uh, now, I know you've put together uh, four kind of top tips uh, for us to, to be aware of um, when we are renewing our insurance policy or taking out a, a new policy with a company. What, what's, what's at number one? So here, here are a few ch- checks to, to look into, right? As one is request that the insurance policy is emailed to you directly from the insurance provider if possible. Um, the reason is because then nobody has been able to tamper with the price, yeah. the value of the property before giving it or passing it on to you. That's the one part. Number two is there are ways to look for signs of any of the tampering or forgery. You What, what we would normally do when we get complaints from customers who come to us and, and ask for help is we would look at the policy and look at the price, the font that the price is is written in and the font that the regular, the actual rest of the policy. This way you can actually see there's forgery or tampering at all. So look look out for any empty boxes in your policy. For example, if there is the price of the policy, every policy should have its price on it. If there's no price on your policy, then something has been done to it. So mm. you need to go out and say, I want a policy copy with the price on it and I want it from straight from the insurance provider. Mm-hmm. If you've been asked to pay by cash or there is no other way for you to pay for your policy except for cash, again, do ask for a, a receipt and ask for the middleman, whoever that is, if they're looking for cash, ask for a receipt that you paid for it and ask for the policy to come directly from the insurance provider. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very important part. Always ask for an official receipt. Um, And I think last but not least, like everything else in life, if the quote given to you looks too good to be true, highly likely it is. So do question it when you get some a policy that is significantly lower than another broker is giving you for the same policy. Do question it and don't just take it as, oh, my God, this is amazing. It's a fantastic deal because a fantastic deal today could actually end up to be a big scam tomorrow. Uh, Amber and Moose and the Money Doctor, founder of SukarMail.com. Thank you so much for joining us today and giving us uh, your, the, the, your expert advice. Really appreciate it. It's definitely made me think about the way that um, I just hit that auto-renew button. I'm going to be a little bit more careful next time. Not a problem at all. Um, just very quickly, uh, the Money Doctor program is now open to everybody. So if you just go to moneydoctor.ae, it's available to everybody in the market. Nowadays, it used to only be for corporates, but we've opened it to everybody. Exciting. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Have a great rest of your weekend and we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks to everyone for uh, tuning in today. Really appreciate all your phone calls, your messages. Uh, Didn't get time to go through all of them, but we always add them on to the next show and we try and get through as many as we can. Uh, Quick uh, final result on our poll today, uh, whether you're... um, uh, ending uh, whether COVID-19 has put you off car sharing. The final result was 69% of you said yes, 31% said uh, no. So it looks like uh, the majority of you are trying to avoid that. Quite sensible. We'll be back in two Saturdays time. See you then.